0: Horror 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 movie.
1: How'd you like these memories,
0: Clarence?
1: Let me just uh, cradle your head there for a second, Mr. Butler. We're
0: a long way for God knows. Ah
1: uh, yes, subtitles. Fucking give some stones, man. Let's make a horror it. movie,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Let's make an episode. No, that's wrong. Let's make Let's make an horror movie episode thirty-three. Yeah i'm thinking it's 33 is it yeah i think he's right
1: yeah yeah well i
0: now i'm literally checking i'm thinking what's with tony really done i could have probably introed that to be fair
1: yeah well i mean where's the value i mean we'll get into that later on um about the 33 it is he's right yeah he's he's totally right yeah
0: yeah Yeah. oh yeah oh well you knew you were confident
1: well uh... i mean as ever on this audio interface i held my thumb up you know Um, that's true that is true what clearer sign can i give
0: not much to be honest if you were training me with Pavlovian responses, I think the thumbs up is a uh, mm. pretty good one.
1: I mean, I could have written you all letters. I could have written all the audience letters. But yeah, well, you could have
0: used up. any number of the um, subliminal techniques we're using right now in the audience. But, oh, uh, that's true,
1: yeah. Uh, was it binaural? Oh, we can't get into it. Oh, we always want to get into
0: give uh, away. Don't give it away. Yeah, <laughs> just want everyone to keep buying the products.
1: Yeah, just drift towards those uh, Let's buy. Make a Horror Movie mushrooms. <laughs> keep-
0: <laughs> let's Make a Horror Movie mushrooms are the next big thing. Uh, look on that. We should, before we get into all of the wonderful stuff like Le Mans Pod mushies, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to let's make a horror movie. This is the monthly podcast where Bi- either monthly? Must... now is bi-monthly we... every two months or every uh, or well. twice a month because the language has gotten us into trouble before.
1: That's true. Let's say occasional.
0: Okay, this is the occasional more often than not monthly podcast where. One of us will write and pitch the other one a uh, completely new, wholly original, thought experiment, conceptualised horror movie idea, and then the other one, who hasn't heard it before, will, will chip in.
1: I'll, <laughs> I was, I really, no, I was, I was really hoping just to pitch some waffle, but I mean, you've really set the bar there. So. I don't know, yeah, well, I, I think i <laughs> I'll stick I'm to waffle, so. you can go with the conceptual.
0: <laughs> so one pitches to the other one, the other one reacts to it, um, adds bits, removes bits, whatever, and then we throw it out to the audience and... Uh, you guys uh, maintain a sort of wall of silence which acts as a proxy for feedback for us. Yeah, it's,
1: it's the silence of solidarity that yeah, exactly. we come to rely on. The yeah.
0: famous silence of solidarity. <laughs> um, and so that's the podcast. So look, welcome. If you missed last month, don't worry. It's still there and it's good. And you still got time. Everyone's still talking about it. It's like oh,
1: the buzz is still there. The buzz it's is still, still very going. much part of the zeitgeist.
0: Exactly. Everyone. It was for a while. It was Squid Game, and then it was Episode Thirty Two of mm-hmm. their Nest that people were saying. Yeah. Um,
1: That's a good point, actually, Dave. We have been trending. We're on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Oh so, yeah. Let's make a horror movie on Instagram. Let's make a horror movie podcast on Twitter.
0: Oh yeah, hang on, it's Laman Pod on Twitter. L M A H M Pod. Yeah, at Laman Pod. I mean, the name is Let's Make a Horror Movie. I don't really know how these useful contraptions work but you should find it with one or the other but if you're looking for the at
1: I just got what's on my on my tablet of stone here <laughs> if just you're looking for the, the, the call
0: sign it's at Laman Pod
1: there's obviously there's the Laman Pod uh, bat signal you know the big the, the big uh, searchlight. Yeah, light. you
0: can do that you can do the Laman bat signal We uh, Where is that, what's like, that
1: on top of the shard
0: it's on top of the shard at the moment but we're looking at getting it moved yeah too high turned out actually over ambitious oh, right. in the end yeah yeah, yeah. So not a lot of use, a lot of crime went unpunished um, right. for a long period, basically the whole time it's been on
1: the shard. Never got switched on once, you're right. Yeah. We
0: all started to think it was getting a little bit safe around London and then <laughs> um, <laughs> it turned out we just weren't looking. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So like there is limited usability to a uh, symbol in the sky because it but then does we can't require put it too people little. to be looking in the sky frequently.
1: Yeah. It's true. We can't put it too low, though, because remember that time we put it too low, and then there's a lot of crime because they stole the signal.
0: They stole the signal. That's it. And, there and was that a caused lot the whole of, thing. There was a lot of blind people as well, but um, it's a very high lumen count. Again, has to be in order to to go into yeah. the sky. So, well, I
1: mean, if you're going to be a, a vigilante, you got to get your lux levels right. I mean, you. look, if we get getting into the
0: practice, yeah, exactly. You got to get you got to get your signals right, and actually, Batman's got his really really wrong. Really, really quite wrong. But I think, is that a surprise for a psychopath that lives in a cave, largely?
1: Certain impracticalities to a lot of his techniques. Yeah. Why did he put nipples on the suit? Cape. Why is he only solving sort of crimes and stuff when it's cloudy?
0: Anyway, look, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. I've told you what the podcast is about. It normally goes Act 1, feedback from last episode from the audience or any other quarters. Also now in Act 1 is all sponsorship, partners, sister podcasts and the like. Mm-hmm. And then Act two is things we found and liked with our eyes, hands, ears and mouths. Minds. and minds. and then act three is the pitch itself, which this week I think is John's week. Yeah and then act four is just a quick name search for the idea.
1: If you're gonna give us feedback and please don't, it's uh let's make a horror movie at gmail.com
0: That's right. or you can go to the website which is just let's make a horror movie dot com, and find you can probably find a way to communicate with us there.
1: Well, if you can't be bothered climbing up the shard, yeah. Pop I mean, the do you know
0: what? The more we talk about it, the more and more I think, what were we doing?
1: It was a huge investment as well. <laughs> it
0: was so much money, and then of course, turns out all we did was blind a lot of people, and then mm-hmm. basically ignore it for six months. So there you go.
1: Well, what else can we do, Dave?
0: Do you know what? I mean, I'm surprised they worked for Alfred. You know, he's an old man with a bad back. Is he really seeing the signal in the sky that often? How often is he looking in the sky?
1: How often is he seeing things that aren't there? (laughs)
0: How much of Batman is just Alfred's mental illness? Um,
1: (laughs) Is there somebody else living in Wayne Manor or is he just looking after the Really,
0: that's what Batman is. All of Batman (laughs) is just a construct within the mind of Alfred. He was alone
1: the entire time.
0: Well, let's see if Robert Pattinson's Batman takes it there. I'm not sure, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to Act... Uh, wait, no, that was, that, this is Act 1, isn't it?
1: Tony, we need to have a, uh, just have a quick chat about your performance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm hanging here. I'm hanging because it's been a busy week and there's been a lot of drinking and I'm I'm not firing on all cylinders and this is kind of where you rely on Tony, you know, that's yeah. where he... That's ever... what he's here
1: for. It's no point making those sort of signals at me, mate. It, that's what you're here for.
0: There's no point throwing your coffee at the screen. It literally can't get through its perspex. We're going to need to get some more
1: chicken wire on that. I I, I don't trust that perspex. I think we better put some more wiring up.
0: Some wiring up. Yeah, like the Blues Brothers. Um, (laughs) Anyway, look, we should probably start with a pretty big announcement for Act 1, which is that this is actually a re-recorded episode. So this is episode 33, Redux, and there's numerous reasons for that. The first one, and probably the most important one, is that the, the first record was actually Haunted. Mm. Um, so now, it, because we, it was terrifying, um, it, unknowingly one of us actually uttered a working incantation, um, just purely well, I, by chance.
1: And also, knowingly, we did do it on Halloween. That's so true. It'd more fool us when the when the veil was thinnest.
0: That's true. <laughs> that's right. When the veil was at its thinnest and the worlds were closest, and the collision of the uh, ethereal and corporeal was at its at its nearest, we uh, threw caution to the wind did some silly nonsense and, and actually haunted our own episode. So yeah, I
1: think, um, still causing problems today. I think the, uh, the audio boxes are still causing problems here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, there was some suggestion that actually it was Tony's little cousin on the soundboard that they might've fucked the sound, <laughs> but we've had some paranormal investigators in and they've confirmed it. Actually, they listened to a lot of white noise that, you know, they did their thing where they, I don't know what they do, spunk on a wall and then film it in UV or something. Hmm. And then that's the classic shout it technique. In. Yeah, yeah yep. I think that's what they do, don't they? And then they yep. like ask it if there's vo- if there's anyone here. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's it called? Audio phenomena? What's the? Um... O- audio
0: audio punk phenomena? <laughs> no. <laughs> but look, I don't want to. Don't want to get into shitting on the uh, the old paranormal.
1: Well, I mean, given punk. that we've now got first-hand evidence that it's actually uh, it's, it's all true. real.
0: Well, we did haunt our own episode, and um, apologies for
1: that. I actually heard, as you've mentioned there, that you know we've had to we've had to uh, withdraw that episode, and it's it's you know now unpublished. I heard it was actually um, that thing that you said, and we all know what you. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, the unmentionable thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, this is the, it. This is it. There's the, contenders, aren't there?
1: In the famously unregulated industry of podcasting. That's right. Actually, the, um, was the Ombudsman litetious. came down on us. I named yeah.
0: names. I, I named yep. some a big list of names with regards to certain activities,
1: and. Yep and Where go. they were flying and
0: what they were doing, who with, which
1: island they went to, and
0: where they got the chickens from and the donkeys.
1: And they stepped in the the ombudsman stepped in. Uh, That's in, right. You know they actually set up an ombudsman for podcasting. That's um, right.
0: The pod ombudsman. Off pod. Off pod. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Came in, shut
1: us down, took the mics. That was it. Took took the uh, the masters. Just the whole lot. But then, interestingly, because it was my pitch and it was my pitch was so good. Yeah. it was nice to see that the BFI stepped in mm. and reinstated Act 3.
0: Well, yeah. The big, friendly Inuit stepped
1: in. Yes, you'd think it would be like the British Film you, oh, yeah, Institute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes.
0: No. No, but it, you but no, think it was that. It, that, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> that. was the big, friendly Inuit. Yeah, okay. That was the classic mistake we were always making. See, for years, I thought when two people were talking about the BFI, yeah, they were talking yeah. about the British Film Institute, but it turned out about two weeks ago, no, well, what's it now, three weeks ago the when the yeah. big friendly Inuit stepped in, and um, he saved the John's pitch because I think ultimately up in, oh, I want to say certainly north of Nova Scotia, I think he was from, uh, I say he, I'm, I'm just attributing pronouns. Um <laughs> that's Listen, mate, this cut.
1: is why we lost <laughs> This is yeah. why we lost that. it's one and one, two and four, mate. Yeah, it's not This good, is, is right. why
0: the Podbudsman stepped in last week. <laughs> OffPod the pod... <laughs> Off pod is the Podbudsman of Podcasting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still think after all the legal trouble we've been through, I'd know that.
0: So anyway, look, uh fun, well, look, that's a good segue, John because I wanted to A talk about this month's sponsors, but I also wanted to clarify why we're repeating the episode, basically, mm. and it's because as we've covered, big which of those Well, the audio. It was haunted um, yep. because we accidentally had a uh, viable working incantation in it, mm-hmm. and the, all the obviously litigious problems.
1: Yes, off, off pod,
0: off pod, and um, and also there was well we had a <laughs> we also had a live visit to Pizza Express in Woking, uh, which <laughs> did
1: this is gonna now listen. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop you there. I think it's probably time to get into the sponsor reads because, you know, all okay. like, right, oh, yeah, because
0: if I give away too much, then um, we're back into we're episode back, 30 we're back 33, in. we're take one again. Record <laughs> it again. Okay. okay, okay, okay. All right. So like, I'll be quick because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore you going over the same sponsors as last time. But this month's sponsor is Three Day Lobotomies. So if you mm-hmm. recall me talking about Three Day Lobotomies, so if life's getting you down, you just fancy yep. checking out for a while have a three day lobotomy and after three days they'll put it right back
1: they stitch it back on slap it in there
0: they will mush it back I have that, checked. sorry that was the word yeah, yeah I have yeah. checked on this they will mush it back there's no absolute guarantee of full return to cognitive function
1: but they do use sustainably sourced chewing gum as an adhesive they
0: absolutely do they absolutely yeah. do Uh, So, I mean,
1: what else? You can't really ask for more.
0: No, and they use everyday pliers as well. Just cheap everyday Mm. pliers from being used. You you can get them. And it actually saves a lot of money on resources, you know, at their end. So that's Mm. why the overheads are so low.
1: Well in the same way as uh, they're like you know you can you can just bring a staple gun if you want to choose to staple up your own entry incisions you That's can just right. Do that.
0: That's so. right. And and they also they'll give you a, a nice pair of sunglasses afterwards obviously so to cover mm-hmm. the embarrassment of you know having maybe a fucked eye <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or like blood pouring out of it, it depends how they go in. You got the option Well there's
1: the eye patch option as well which is obviously cheaper because that's only one you know one covering so Yeah,
0: but 3 days and then they yep. they
1: it back. 3 days apiece. piece. Oh yeah, isn't it?
0: Sometimes I think, oh, God, isn't it just all very noisy, you know? Mm. And I'm going into the big city there, and it's just it's loud, and it's voices and phone calls and, I don't know, barking animals.
1: Thoughts to process, roads to cross, lights.
0: Yeah, God, the whole thing, and you think, do you know what, I wouldn't mind a couple of days out of this. Just drifting through this. Exactly, and so three-day lobotomies, and you can get 20% off if you just quote Lamam Code D-E-D, Lamam Code Dead. Um, for three days. So I am be,
1: best pronouncing that D-E-D. D- <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, looking at my notes now, they have actually underlined that yeah. quite heavily.
1: I think it was intended to stand for dead easy decision.
0: But look, um, funnily enough, the three day lobotomy is actually segues into one of the Fuck Off Eggs's uh, latest products. Mm-hmm. So you remember Fuck Off Eggs is the in house Le Mans pod website. We're very much like Hello Fresh, but mm-hmm. for different products,
1: obviously. Yeah, but for the sort of the punk gourmet.
0: Yeah, we're like brew dogs' version of HelloFresh. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You know where the up and coming very with... profitable. <laughs> anyway, look so three day the bottoms pair really nicely with Fuck Off Eggs' new product, Mescaline Mocktail. Now, Ooh. yeah, so it's a new mocktail that has absolutely none of that horrible alcohol in it. So for mm-hmm. you know, people love mocktails; they're a big thing. Alcohol, people are getting a bit. Uh, You know, I don't always want to be drinking. So what we do is replace all the alcohol with a serious dose of mescaline. Mm. So it's fine for anyone looking to have a good alcohol-free night. Designated drivers, for example, Mm. get Fog's mescaline mocktails. Fog's is, of course, fuck-off eggs um, contracted. So that's what we're trying for our drinks. Fog's mescaline mocktails. Safest houses. (laughs) So so yeah so that's that as you say
1: you know if you are wanting peace jeez oh mix those two things together and you'll have the best month of your life i
0: got one more sponsor drawn i don't know if i should just crack straight into go for it mate yep uh the other sponsor so the last sponsor i had is uh nightmare in the garden brought to you oh, by yeah. yeah it's brought mm. to you by elf on a shelf um so it's like the same <laughs> it's the same idea but it's, it's nightmare in the garden right <laughs> So is, is we employ, it's actually a, it's a fair, mm. it's a very ethical company. Because what we do is yeah, we, em- course, yeah. we employ prisoners on short-term releases, specifically for the purposes of encouraging good behaviour in children. Mm. Uh, so what they'll do is they'll sit in the garden all night. Yep. And there's a good behaviour board above the prisoner.
1: Or, or It's like a game show. Let's it looks use like inverted a, yeah.
0: quotes, nightmare. It is like a game show. So there's a good behaviour board above the nightmare, and uh, obviously it's yeah shit scary to the child but the worse their behaviour gets the closer the keys get to quote unquote the nightmare so nightmare in the garden just like elf on a trail a just, real thing you just sense imagine a dread. sort of
1: a clapometer yes you know but for behaviours yeah and the further it swings one way down come the keys down the
0: keys are coming further and further closer to quote unquote the nightmare,
1: and they're starting to get the shakes. They're starting to get edgy, and uh, down those keys, Calum. You say, think you could probably make a leap?
0: It has been a pretty successful uh, rollout so far. We mm. um, done a few early early doors rolls out because, I mean, look, just a little bit behind the scenes, we're recording this on the fourth of December. Um, mm. So we've only had, you know, l- last sort of week of November we started rolling this out. Yep. So we've had about two weeks of nightmare in the garden, but so far, very few incidents. Mm-hmm. Certainly nothing newsworthy.
1: And not my kids have got jobs. They've both yep. learned to drive. That's
0: right. They've got their h 3 yep. Um. licenses. Yep.
1: They're actually pulling in cash now, which is handy. Yeah, so. yeah, well, it's great. Very effective.
0: The only thing I have to say, I have to legally, I do have to say, with regards to Nightmare in the Garden, um, please really do read the small print. Definitely worth mm. reading the small print. And also really only really consider doing it if your kids are very challenging and on the borderline of whether you'd like to keep them okay and it's really
1: it's not one of those kind of fourteen day trial type of things I mean no. this one, once that guy's in there he's 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 your problem it's
0: very much a decision that you cannot yeah. reverse yeah this yeah. is
1: a one way valve so um,
0: yeah. exactly, but it really does very much rest on your child, so you know if you're confident, nightmare in the garden really is a beautiful pairing with elf on the shelf
1: if it's making you nervous and you know it might do, if you're of a nervous disposition or you like your kids or any of that. Interesting to note that I think Super Nanny's interested in it. You know, I've heard background chat about a buyout, so...
0: Yeah, there has been a bit of that.
1: I mean, that must give you some comfort. Essentially, what we're saying is Super Nanny's on board.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, that is essentially what we're saying. Um, mm, we're um, not legally saying that. <laughs> we're not legally... Legally, we're not saying that. Like, just for clarity and everything else. Mm. Essentially, that is the core. That's that's what we want you to take away. I guess if that's the takeaway exactly. Just
1: imagine <laughs> her face as the face of this uh, product, mm. but not in any kind of legal or binding sense.
0: That's right. So nightmare in the garden. I've got to say, I, I've been really excited about this. For the most part, it really, really, really does encourage better-behaved children. Mm. It literally puts the fear of God into them, which you know. At Christmas time, is is kind of what there's you want. A lot worse, there's
1: a lot bigger things to fear than God, and one of them is the nightmare in the garden. Oh
0: my God, yeah. Fuck I. I wouldn't have one in my garden, I can tell you that much. Really gives, really gives me the willies. Really gives me the willies. I'm really
1: just hoping they can keep that behaviour up, because to be honest, it's saving us all.
0: I mean, certainly, some parents, for sure, have only made it because their kids really did keep up their behaviour standards. Yeah, really stuck in there. The nightmare, let's be honest, once he's there, he, he sort of does what he wants sort of does well, what it's he definitely, wants, so. it's
1: definitely within the you know within the grounds of your property it's your problem
0: do very much read small print but um bye 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 okay hmm.
1: And it's interestingly dave speaking of uh, nightmares you've just brought me onto one of the reads i've got here so we're brought to you at the first run of episode 33 by the dream stats app dream stats it's a dream tracking app which is obviously something that's really important yep you know we all want to know how much sleep we're getting but crucially this has got a non-silenceable update alarm every 20 seconds yes uh, during your sleep cycle so you can just basically keep right on top of it, like a news ticker you don't miss a second of how much sleep you've had right every 20 seconds it's just going to wake you right up just get you to the heart of the data and that's what we all need to get the analytics <laughs> yeah
0: you beat sleeping for the last 20 seconds that's yeah. what it tells and then you. you
1: just pop it back down again and then just safe in the knowledge you're not going to miss any news you're not going to miss anything about your own sleep cycle you're going to get that data delivered right to you, Bosch, 20 seconds again.
0: And um, is that a monthly cost, John, or, or is that how does that uh, work out in terms of the fiscals?
1: It was measured out in a, a percentage of your soul oh uh, on the end of home, life, so uh, it was free uh, at the point of use, right. but it was a, a percentage of your soul, which is an interesting transaction.
0: More and more companies are doing that, I find, mm. these days. Yeah. Well,
1: no cost up front, you know, nobody, nobody no. wants to be paying through the nose for something to use in the, no, no, in no, the no, mortal no. realm. Yes. 20 second free trial so you try your first sleep cycle for free and then after that it's just a quarter of your soul you won't even notice
0: <laughs> exactly painless now am i right in saying that that would also update my social media uh, profile every 20 seconds John? because i feel on like sleep yeah yes because nothing that i do surely is worth doing unless other people are informed that i've done it
1: yeah so what it'll do is it'll share it to your network yeah um, and that'll come through as a again a non-silenceable update to everyone in your network on their app and share with your network oh, what your weird. sleep is like. So there's a community.
0: That is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah,
1: well, that, it's all about fear of missing out these days. Yeah, don't. it Who is. Who wants to miss out? I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. You're missing out. I hate missing out. <laughs> I'm not missing out. You see a quarter of my soul? Do you see a quarter? Uh, it's gone. No, it's gone. Because I'm on board.
0: This is, of course, a, a fantastic time to be starting a sleep-based product. Uh, you know, the sleep space at the minute is very fast-paced revitalizing industry mattresses are changing from springs to foam and coin
1: to memory foam coin, uh, coin yes <laughs> egg
0: the coin mattress is the big one now mm. i wasn't going to talk about coin mattresses but i have got i've got a coin mattress and sleeping mm. on coin um but a... we got the
1: scrooge mcduck
0: yeah the McD uh we had you know we had a few letters Oh right! Not about the pitch. Nobody wanted to contribute to that. I That's think. That's good. I think, yeah. yeah. I think Excellent. what they mean is, couldn't be bettered.
1: Well, it had Jared Butler. Did so. have Jerry. End of conversation. Really. What are
0: you gonna do? I mean, you know, two
1: Jared Butlers. What else? Going
0: to <laughs> if he had brothers or sisters, they could have had a family band called the Butlers, which would have been quite fun <laughs> because they would have had like an out of the box kind of uh, how do we dress mm-hmm. and what's the affectation. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're the butlers. You can just imagine it. Top hats, canes, like vaudeville oh, okay. almost. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're the butlers, governor. You know, that whole thing. Cause, uh...
1: <laughs> okay, shine your shoes. Steal your wallet.
0: Who's that upstairs? Well, wow, that's them better people, isn't it, Gov? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's Mr. and Mrs. Upstairs. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's all go and have a sing song.
0: I've sneaked a little bit of booze out Mister Upstairs is decanter. Oh, you shouldn't have done that, old Bill. Um, you know, you can just see that it as a Mister
1: Upstairs done, mate. He's a good old salt.
0: I <laughs> said, all right, salt killed little Larry last year, of course didn't he? Well,
1: that's Mister Upstairs for you. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> it. <see> upstairs is <laughs> I had a couple of people write in, uh, not about the yeah. the pitch. I'm sure you remember this, but I made an offhanded comment about men's underwear not being a, a, a particularly competitive space in the business realm. Mm. Number of brands wrote in to challenge me on that. So. Contest that, and mm. rightly
1: so. Yeah, I should have challenged it at the time. Uh, I became party to that um, rewriting of history, and I, I'm I'm ashamed.
0: Yep. Well, we've got Tickle Fancies wrote in. Mm-hmm.
1: Huge in the game.
0: Yeah, Tickle Fancies. They've been around uh, French, obviously. Mm. So, you know. Particular I
1: think, is uh fancy. Yeah,
0: elephant trunks is was the big one, <laughs> the big name that wrote yep. in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, famously litigious.
0: Famously litigious, but you know, possibly the best ever brand name for um, you know men's boxer shorts. But then there's some other good ones in this list. I think you know actually. It's interesting so. that
1: elephant's trunks make boxer shorts, not trunks. You'd think they kind of they could have just lent into the. Well, brand.
0: they're very clear. Elephant trunks. Brackets, not trunks. I'll rattle through the other ones. Uh, Soft Boys, they wrote in oh, as well. Yeah. To, Soft um, boys. Soft yeah, boys. Yeah. Lump colony.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that the sort of uh they're the sort of more robust?
0: They are quite robust, yeah.
1: Yeah. For your Hessian fans. You've
0: no idea what's going on underneath a pair of them. It's just it, a massive is, Hessian is they, seems Is it a big bunch of junk or is it yeah. just a whole load of potatoes?
1: I mean, whatever it is, it's sweaty. <laughs> that's the only thing they guarantee. Yeah, that's true. We'll sweat you up. That's their,
0: yeah. <laughs> bag of Nuts. Oh, Bag of Nuts. That's B-A-G-A bag nuts. nuts with a Z.
1: One of those new players in the market with all their neon... Well, that's
0: it. You can tell from the Z on Nuts. Uh, that's how you know yeah. they're sort of post two thousand.
1: Interestingly, though, they were quite a sustainable brand, Bag and Nuts, because all of their underwear is made out of old copies of Nuts magazine.
0: And they stuff yeah. them full of um, monkey nut uh, casings. Yes. Which is not to my taste, personally, but some people like it.
1: You grew into them. You
0: did. <laughs> Johnson and the Bold Men, I don't know if you heard me uh, mention them. They paid for a shout-out. Yep, They really like the podcast, actually. Got a couple more. Sticky Box. Um, that is <laughs> yeah. Swedish, that one. Sticky Box. Mm, sticky Box? Sticky Box,
1: yeah. They've got a very catchy uh,
0: advert. Yeah. The bugs. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, oh, I love yeah. that jingle. I'm not going to try and repeat it, but I do like that. <laughs> no, I love that jingle. A... I love every single oh, word and enunciated your brain. letter of the jingle that <laughs> yeah, I just sung. It gets in your brain, <laughs> it, it sounds so Japanese, but it's <laughs> Yeah. You... <laughs> You think it's Japanese, but you'd be wrong and you'd be massively racist I'm, I've been transported to the Orient but no, you haven't been transported to the Sticky Box, the Sticky box started the, It was a Swedish-Japanese um, thing <laughs> Swedenese um, <laughs> But um, yes, absolutely I really can't wait to listen to that actually, I love that but... <laughs> That's
1: probably going to be my favourite bit of this <laughs>
0: Right. Well, there's two more. Uh, no, three more. Cloth badgers
1: Oh yeah. yeah. That's for the older generation. That is it? for
0: the older generation. They'll look after your gear. That's. I guess that's that's the best we can say about them. They're not yeah, fancy. No matter how
1: far down it hangs, it, they'll look after it. That's the. That's the. the like a
0: badger set is the. Yeah. Mm. Uh, is the tagline. They go line. deep. Yeah, they go deep yeah. and they smell. <laughs> <laughs> And you'd leave them at the side of the road <laughs> if, you, and, if you saw them. Uh, and the owner was pissed all around the opening uh,
1: <laughs> to mark territory. Uh, Do you know the Radio Four listeners are a huge demographic of yeah, us? Yeah,
0: I know. Well, there's a couple more. Last two then uh, Butchers Load. Mm. Butchers Load. Uh, they're a very traditional brand. They've been around for years. Um, I think yeah. it's very waxy paper. You know that sort of thin wax paper.
1: Yeah, like a sort of, almost like a greaseproof. Like yeah. a
0: greaseproof, exactly that. Yeah. Crinkly and, mm-hmm. you know, not great. And the last one was Devastated Hellscape. Oh, Devastated yeah. Devastated Hellscape, the uh, final brand of male underwear that found it contentious, so we suggested that nobody really competed in that space. But a lot of up-and-comers there. I mean, it's
1: amazing that of all of those uh, brands, uh, Devastated Hellscape are the, are the only pure cotton... Yeah, a slight bit of a lasting, uh, you know, very standard uh, brief.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, they apart from that one single piece of iron that runs from the navel to the lower mm. back.
1: Well, yeah, but you wouldn't know if it was it was their brand if they didn't have it. No, that,
0: so. yeah, the iron loop. I mean, f- famously, mm. that's their the signature piece. Signature Y fronts,
1: yeah. the iron loop. Yeah. All right. Good.
0: It's not fucking Ringmaster's voice, all right, sunshine. Welcome to Act Two.
1: Well, oh, has to take his moment. He, he? only he has, has to that. Take his moment He's when I that. So
0: that's his only time. Yeah. I suppose he could add some yeah. some commentary.
1: Well, he could just feed us Boat out if you want to. Yeah, he could do. I
0: mean, not... <laughs> He's got all the power. Anyway, look, welcome to Act Two. This is the act in which John and I normally would discuss uh, the horror-y, culturally related things that we've seen done, and, and mainly things that we've liked rather than things that we haven't. Hmm. But I mean, what with all this controversy we've alluded to—the uh, re-recording of the episode, the Redux—there mm-hmm. hasn't been a lot. There's not been a lot of stuff, I don't think.
1: I spent more time inside a courthouse than out. Yeah, so I don't have a lot horror-wise because obviously I don't really like it. Um, <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I got a few. I got a few things. Have you? None of mine's um, particularly current. I finally got around to watching Halloween three. There seems to be a number of hot takes over the last couple of years about how Halloween 3 is um, really good. It's really maybe best left kind of where it was (laughs) before the hot takes started. (laughs) It just has a really weird relationship between a young woman and a very old man that uh, sort of seems weirdly inappropriate. Hmm. Just thought it was (laughs) interesting because I had perhaps higher expectations. The other thing I watched, obviously, has been Squid Game. We watched Squid Game since the last time. I suppose it technically is p- probably within the horror genre, but it just—it's um, fairly accessible stuff. It's just—it's real life horror. It's not supernaturally or anything like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the commentary on how people behave that was interesting to me, and the reason that that worked so well, I thought, was because mm. the setup was essentially democratic. Right. There was no enforcement in the sense that you were not forced to play the game.
1: So it's not it wasn't running man.
0: Exactly. And that worked all the way through the show and then in mm. the very last episode after your protagonist has won he's about to meet up with his estranged child and right at the last minute decides no, I'm going to go back to Squid Game. <laughs> And it's implied that he's kind of angry with the game and that he's going to go and try and maybe take it down or something. That's sort of the implication. So he's got
1: what? So he's got his life-changing he's got money?
0: he got his life-changing money. This is the thing. It's a, it's a, there's no catch.
1: So he's just a dickhead.
0: Right. Well, this is the thing. So in a horror movie, let's say you had the same premise in a horror movie, the difference would be that the antagonist would fuck over the protagonist at some point. So you could mm. have exactly the same stuff, pan out. Yeah. It gets to the end and they're like, "Haha, you never you're never getting this fucking money." Yeah, the, the briefcase We've is empty. Well, and then yeah. that would justify his response mm-hmm. of going, "Oh, I'm going to fucking take you lot down." But that didn't happen. What happened was he played a game that he didn't have to play. He won it. By choice. By choice. Money. Exactly. One won money, money and then going to make a second season. But it's like, well, there's not a lot to say. So, what's
1: he going back to do? He's going back. Well, to we play don't know. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm making some assumptions about what he's going back to do, right, just okay. based on the tone of the final
1: episode. So they basically said, "Oh shit, this is viral. Uh, make it happen." What I think happened happen. is
0: that they've gone, leave it open for a second series. If they were really cynical, they might have had two slightly different endings. I would be very interested to know.
1: God, that'd be yeah, that'd be good just seems like yeah. it would have
0: been perfectly wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, I may, maybe I'm it's still really enjoyable don't get me wrong i just sort of feel like i'm not sure what season two's got to offer it's like i didn't watch it but the handmaid's tale they made a tv show of that and i couldn't think of many things worse that you know to make a tv show of like there's no entertainment there for me but that's not the Mm. point the point is they made a second season the reason there is not a sequel to the book is that the first book says everything you fucking needs to say about misogyny (laughs) and all the rest of it exactly so it's done and then the TV goes, yeah, but i tell you what would be fucking good is if we did another season where we, like, fuck up <laughs> women even more and they've got a really hard Shut time But the money and people will fucking love it. It's like, well, yeah, people, people <laughs> do seem to kind of like it, which is kind of disappointing. <laughs> but, like, it has nothing of value to say. Hmm. I feel like one of those old 60s, you know, Greenwich Village hipsters who's, like... Yeah, man, but what do you got to say, man? Like, you, you <laughs> got to you gotta have something to say, you know, if you're not saying anything.
1: No, I know what you mean, man. It's like if someone's had a narrative arc and then it feels like they've had a bit of a handbrake turn at the end of it, it's very disappointing. But I think there's also, at the moment, it seems to happen a lot that people get disappointed in the final episode of things. And that sort of horse meme of, like, really well-drawn back end of horse, really childishly drawn front end of horse, and everyone like, oh, this is the writers at the start and this is the writers at the end. <laughs> Like, that is around all the time as well, though. I think a lot of, like, last episodes are really getting bagged, and I wonder if it's because they're not doing them properly, because they're trying to leave a bit open for another series, or, you know, if they're they're trying to have a nod forward. Rather than just finishing a story and then doing another story, they're trying to leave something open?
0: I do think there's a lot of that, probably. I think there's a lot of pressure from the commercial sides of these businesses. So I do think that plays a part in it, and I do think there is a lack of, um, let's say, courage to mm. look at new stuff and to try new things. But then I'm not sure if that's necessarily a new thing or not.
1: I don't know, man. I mean, did you watch Vigil? That just was a story and it finished. Mm. And it was excellent. And the last episode concluded the story. Boom. Another one that was on my uh, my list of things, The North Water. Did you watch that? No. Oh, God, it was horrible. BBC.
0: Was it like an icebound Victorian era? Yeah,
1: so Colin Farrell, the guy who played Cook off of Skins... And Stephen Graham, he played the he played the, the captain. So there's a sort of ex-army surgeon, down on his luck for a number of reasons, ends up on a whaling boat up in the Arctic waters, and many things and misfortunes happen. And it was a kind of six-part series. It was excellent, I mean, excellent sort of cast, obviously. Um, Really horrible story. Mm. Just really horrible. Lots of just gruesome deaths and... Horrible weather and horrible people, and it was all grimy, and it was just excellent. Worst things i to see. I told good. them. I told them, Bernie. Told them, Bernie. They would make the money back. That's what I told them.
0: I'm done moaning about things which really, I really should have been saying positive things. Um, the most exciting thing I can say is that there is a 4K Blu-ray of the 1986 Transformers movie out now.
1: Oh, really? Still a cartoon, even in yeah, 4K? Yeah, it is isn't it? still
0: a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Turns it's a good, I know. Actually, it has Eric Idle in it, yeah.
1: so a nice tie-in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> told you. "I'll never make the money."
0: Incidentally, right? <laughs> okay. this record's available by in a foyer.
1: <laughs> so yeah, th- my cultural highlights are non-horror-related. Unfortunately for you, right? Um, but <laughs> so a couple of a couple of really good Instagram recommendations that the Let's Make a Horror Movie should be following. So Haley Morris is the first one. She's just an Instagram person who does little sketches of the inside of her brain and her various body parts talking to each other. And she's fucking hilarious.
0: 1.1 1. 1 million followers.
1: Well, she deserves every one of them. She's okay. Accent. I mean... Well put together and just a nice source of easy 20 second uh, enjoyment nice. um, of a day. Other Instagram recommendation, mama still got it. It's a model who's a mum of three... And she's got three kids, and she does just some excellent posts about her kids. So she's got these tiny little hands, like Trump, that she holds. So she pushes her sleeves up, holds these tiny little model hands, and then acts out being her kids. She's it's just, just brilliant, just really enjoyable.
0: <laughs> she have one too many kids, but I will definitely look her up.
1: Yeah, man. She's not carbon neutral. No, that's um, true. But oh mate, honestly, look her up. Look both of them up, they're brilliant. So there's a couple of Instagram recommendations for you.
0: Nice, that's good. That makes you feel youthful and part of the
1: part of this sort of zeitgeist. <laughs> Connected to the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh you wait till I get started getting my TikTok. I was gonna say, get the TikTok
0: recommendations going. Sticky Box channel has got a lot of good um <laughs> got It's of, got a lot of good songs on it. It's
1: got a lot of good videos. They're quite explicit. Um, Sticky box.
0: That was the other uh, uh, tune from the second ad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Parapod movie. So Ian Boldsworth does his podcast with Barry Dodds. So Ian Boldsworth is a cynic, a comedian, and Barry Dodds is a believer in all things paranormal. And so they've done three series of a podcast. The first one was about ghosts, the second one was about monsters, and the last one was about conspiracies or nice. something like that. And so they've done these three series. They're brilliant. Barry comes and presents evidence, and each week is a different ghost or a haunting, and then they discuss it. Or a different monster or a different conspiracy. So, the th- And it, it w- worked really well. But then they started to film a series or just start putting some video together. And they created a movie. And they launched it and they've, it's been out on iTunes. So I bought that and, and downloaded it. And it's just a sort of extended TV kind of film version of them going around and investigating hauntings. And it's hilarious. Send me a and link. Really, Let's get really a good. link out there. You can get them on at the Parapod on Twitter. Um, and it's Parapod on iTunes and, and all the other sort of links. Parapod movie.
0: That bombshell, let's 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 <laughs> motor on,
1: right? So, this is going to be. Um, we're about to I mean, we, we you need, need
0: to get Tony to take us into the next act, don't we? Oh, is he well, he's gonna just going to take us into act three and then we can explain. Fair enough. Yeah, you know what, fellas? All right, all right, taking the job away from me, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, uh. Yeah, that's uh. yeah, yeah, uh. yeah, that's what I thought. All right, act three.
1: Wow. Well, right, well, right. I don't like being on mute Dave I don't like being on mute no. with this guy
0: I mean the the atmosphere in here is is certainly tense It's certainly tense Yeah
1: well he's technically doing his job But that's, that's is, as far as it goes But I feel his like if we had it. an HR person
0: this. I feel like they'd maybe be mm. taking notes Or having words
1: I think there'd be some kind of a formal uh, Recorded meeting of some sort happening
0: Yeah What we? Oh yeah, Act Three. Yeah, sorry. I've been drinking this banana peel rum, you see. So. uh... Oh no, you
1: you crack on. That's fine. I've been drinking me uh, Campo Viejo. Oh, Campo Viejo. Oh,
0: fancy. Anyway,
1: so so we're here. We're in Act Three now. Some people have said, many people have said, that my pitches are cursed because, (laughs) you know, first couple of times I've given it a go, they've been. uh, Best thing I could say would be copyright issues.
0: Copyright issues. Yeah. That's right, um,
1: and so here we go again. We recorded an episode, off pod, slash Tony's Jordy mate's little cousin. He
0: ruined, yeah. Well, no, Tony's cousin was the little Scottish guy, and he ruined the audio. But um, it was also because it was haunted. Remember that was the key reason yeah. that this went wrong before was that we accidentally uttered an incarnation incantation. <laughs> Either or, one
1: of one of those reasons. I think I prefer my reason, but anyway. <laughs> Um, they're all true. Yeah. Well, you because were haunted.
0: That. I think that was the that was the outcome.
1: I think it was you that was haunted. Well, that's why my audio is okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of the key conceits of Le Mans Pod, uh for any for all of our listeners, and there's a lot of conceits. There's so many yep. conceits. It, this is, it's almost a disease of conceit. A plethora. Yeah. But the main conceit is that the person who pictures their idea. The other person has not heard that idea before. And so rather than trying to, John trying to re-pitch his idea to me, BFI very kindly managed to rescue it. So we're just going to play that from the Haunted episode.
1: And so if you just imagine at this point that Dave rolls his chair back about a foot or two um, and reacts from there <laughs> mm. because he's so shocked at the quality content that's coming.
0: Yeah, my, my um, voice will sound like I'm standing in a large petrol tank.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's where you do your best listening.
0: Did you give it any caveats?
1: Oh, other than that, I've never written a pitch before I'm I don't like horror. And uh Oh yeah. I'm not okay, very good so at this. yeah, so you so
0: you're you're new to the picturing process. You're mm-hmm. not a big horror fan.
1: Not a horror fan at all.
0: Yeah, you say that, but there are films that we you know, we watch.
1: Oh I know, but still it's, 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 you're getting rid of one of the other conceits. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how we, you know, let's, let's, let's see, see how, how we thinks. do. Let's just
0: dive in, see how we do and um and then we'll we'll talk about it in act 4. Tony roll the BFI. Okay, cool. So we've got a Christmas themes yes. pitch.
1: We've got a generally um fleshed out, th- you know, three act. We have um mm-hmm. not a lot of dialogue in there, so you know, we can we can try and see how we go with that. Sure. So Let's start with our cold open, shall we? Yeah. We open on the exterior of a churchyard at night. We're moving through the uh, gravestones. We can tell that it's a church that's in use. And we see tethered up outside the church is a horse bearing livery, shifting uneasily. So
0: is this giving us a bit of an idea of timing? Like, yeah, like, we can like, see
1: uh, clearly medieval times is where we're trying whoa, to set ourselves. Nice. So we're going to cut to the interior Show your tail.
0: That's what they always say. Sorry. There you go. <laughs>
1: Cut to the interior of the church and we're going to see a man waiting at the altar wearing a thin crown. He's greeted by a voice in the shadows and the exchange is clearly not pleasant. Our new entrant in there is calling our first man unworthy to wear his headgear. I calling his father a puppet. Oh, nice. So they're not friends.
0: Something unseen in the shadows that we can't see. He's Just the
1: voice. That's all we're hearing yeah. is the voice of the guy coming in and, and, and sort of slagging off the guy who was already there we're going to cut back to the outside of the church and we hear muffled raised voices followed by shouting and the unmistakable sound of drawn blades you can see and i think at this point we're probably focused on the you know one of the horses or something like that you know right right we're hearing a scuffle and we return to the interior of the church to find the second man with a blood-spattered face and his fallen foe at his feet in a pool of blood
0: i'm imagining a tracking shot going round the outside of the church whilst you're hearing all of this so you yep. see you, you you see in the horse you're getting the vibes and just as you're passing a window, you can see movement, window, through, the, yeah, can movement see through the stained glass. The, yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: And we come back inside, and our man without the crown has clearly won this uh, confrontation, which is on...
0: The shadowy man.
1: Called? The shadowy oh, voice man. Conse- consecrated, consecrated ground. Consecrated ground. There you go. Yeah, so shadowy voice man has won his, won his battle. Oh. So that's our call open.
0: Let's make sure that's nice and bloody and gory. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's clearly yeah. minging. It's clearly on church ground. It's clearly a bad thing to do. There's a lot of history maybe we going should on around... have some
0: signifier that something unholy has occurred on consecrated ground. It might be a bit too cliche to have a crack of lightning, but maybe you could have a mm. strong breeze blow through, or well, what I I'm trying know. to do at
1: the moment. You'll see, you'll see later on as that why I'm trying to set it up in a bit of a general way. So we'll we'll uh, we'll okay. cut back to this later. So
0: maybe a raven, cacaws.
1: Oh, I kind of love a raven. <laughs> I mean, I should probably notice that the two voices are speaking in Scottish accents.
0: Of course they are. Of yeah. course. Nice. You're, un- uh, you're like unworthy
1: her. to wear the crown. Your father was a <laughs> puppet and you're the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Is it a hu- shadowy thing uh, that we haven't seen? Uh, are we assuming at the moment that's just another human that we're not seeing? or we Yeah, thinking- so
1: we, we cut, when we cut back inside, we've seen the second man with a blood-spattered face. So we've seen that it's a man.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, nice.
1: We don't know anything more about them, and we're not going to know anything more about them. Ooh. Deliberately. Oh. So, oh, Okay. Okay, so... Act one. The main part of our film opens on the exterior of a castle. So it's like a medieval looking castle. We've got a couple of establishing shots and then the camera pans round and we see a modern vehicle parking in a temporary car park. So we've now set ourselves firmly in the modern day. Lovely. We're following the family out of the car towards a castle. En route, we're hearing Christmas music and a bustle of people. So as we're on our way towards this castle it's clearly becoming warm, friendly definitely christmas yeah definitely it's like a sort of,
0: it's a sort of like national trust property they've got christmas activities going on there's maybe someone selling mulled wine
1: we'll get to it we'll get Blue to vine. it we're hearing our christmas music the bustle of people the family arrive in a warm and bustling scene within a courtyard our family are the Irvins. we've got mike julia and young edward
0: Okay, nice.
1: So we've got a man, a woman, and a young child. I
0: feel like that might be three names that we've never used before on the man pod.
1: Mike, Julia, and Edward.
0: Yeah, I know, that it seems very banal, but somehow mm. I feel like we've never had them.
1: Wow. Well that's good. On the MAN pod first.
0: <laughs> we've had a lot of clives to be fair. Yeah.
1: Oh well. Strapping. Yeah. <laughs> it's got six clives in it. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we've arrived at the courtyard. The following shots capture the atmosphere. Small traders set up in the castle cellar, courtyard and main hall. We've got Christmas music playing throughout, mulled wine served and the aroma pervades throughout the castle. Fairy lights illuminate every nook of the picturesque setting. And we follow our family on quite an idyllic journey around the castle and grounds. They're enjoying mulled wine, they're buying the the goods Christmas music plays over a tannoy. Single trader stalls adorn the castle walls and the great hall. Eddie chooses toys and sweets and is generally pampered by the stall owners and his parents. This is Hollyfest, an annual festival held at Drum Castle in Aberdeenshire. Oh. Our family arrive at the main event. Door wreaths are made to order in the castle's old kitchens. Now just a shell of itself, but still there and, and recognisable as an old castle kitchen. Eddie chooses his favourite and Julia pays. The stall owners compliment them on what a great choice they've made and how popular the festival's been this year, noting they've had to take extra holly from the Royal Forest of Oaks. We cut to the family home... In the posh area outside of Aberdeen, just north of Cults, for those of you who understand, where the wreath takes pride of place on the timber frame porthole window of the front door. We're now following a, a number of cut scenes here. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna possibly gonna view this all through the wreath, showing the inside of the family home as much as we can see of it. So we've got a kind of restricted view there, through into the family home and into the hallway, possibly the kitchen beyond. Essentially, things are getting more and more stressed and, and less and less positive as we go forward. Now, there's a choice here in the direction as to which way we go here. This could be over a number of Christmases or just one. So they've written this over just one Christmas, but there's a possible possibility we could change that and make this happen over a number of years. Okay. So it's quite clear that the family unity is breaking down to the distress of young Edward. Things are not going as well as they were at Hollyfest where everyone was having a lovely time. Christmas over, a huge argument breaks out and Mike storms outside to take down the decoration. So he's taking down the lights, he's uh, picking up reindeer from the front garden or whatever. Yeah. And he's about to take down the wreath. Cuts himself on the holly as he's taking the wreath down, makes no real mention of it, um, hauls down the wreath, puts it on the floor, walks calmly into the home, upstairs, and then we see him throw himself out of the top window to his death.
0: Nice! Oh, wow! Yeah, okay. I can see that playing out where you have no idea that that's about to happen
1: yes exactly
0: nothing gives that away no musical cues nothing yep.
1: nothing physical just ooh, and then yeah, you
0: just think oh i'm just following him doing his duties cleaning this up doing that yep. and then yeah Oof, straight
1: out the window yeah lovely so i'm thinking in that we've you know we maybe even got a shot like a sort of steady cam behind him or something like that and we're just mm. falling straight in straight upstairs and gone yeah
0: yeah that's nice is anyone okay. else in the house
1: I think we we'll probably ha- we haven't haven't had that witnessed by anybody. I think we could probably have that witnessed by Eddie. I think that would be a good idea. I was going to say think. yeah, yeah.
0: A witness by the kid would be a, yeah. a nice extra horrific element to uh, to add in.
1: So in terms of act structure, I think that's for me that's the end of act one. That's where because the kid off.
0: said something to him as he's as he's passing. So
1: mm-hmm. he's
0: walked upstairs. He's walking maybe down the corridor. Mm-hmm. Kid comes out of his room and says something to him. And then he maybe has just a, you know, a perfectly normal reply, replies to the kid as if nothing's different, and then two steps and he's out the window from there or something.
1: Yeah. Hugely scarring. Horrific.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the kid'll be fine. kid'll be oh. fine. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're about to test that theory. Right, so Act 2. I don't go into all the camera directions in this thing, but at the moment I was still considering that kind of a, how this all looks, so... We're going to fix on the, an outside shot of the house. Uh, we're going to be looking from, say, across the road so you can see the whole house in the front garden. We're going to see the sun and moon wheeling overhead, so we're on a fixed shot, but we know that time's passing here. Right. Um, Show no so tell. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We're going, so we're going to see, say, the funeral, but it's all happening quite quickly, and you know, you see the cars drive up, coffin goes in, away you go. You're then going to see years passing, essentially. Right. We're going to see that the, the young boy, Eddie's growing up. He's not following the right path. He's clearly going off the rails. We're going to see him growing up, to a teenager, pretty quickly, fighting outside the house, smoking, drinking. Let's have a shot of him sort of staggering up the road, spewing in the garden. You know, getting into arguments in the on the driveway with his mum. So, life isn't going great for young Eddie. Yeah, uh,
0: it's ever since he started calling himself Eddie, and not Edward. I think that's probably what did it. That's what did it. Yeah.
1: So, in, in terms of casting here, I know we've we just lost Mike, but I was thinking, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shoot for the moon with i going to do grace Scott for Mike. That's my Mike. <laughs> Why not? It's a short part. He's in and out. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he'll do it. He'll do
0: it as a favour. No, problem. well,
1: yeah, we know. Yeah, we know each other.
0: Yeah, do grey. His brother Manta Ray as well. We should. He <laughs> might, be, might be able to get them both. Both the rays. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's my sleep hat going.
1: Nice. Just got another couple of winks there through that <laughs> Okay. So we now got Edward alone on a rocky path. We're seeing him age a bit more. We're seeing him get into substance abuse and violence. His life is clearly spinning off the rails. That's going to end with him being thrown out of the family home. And we see him essentially getting his possessions thrown out of the top floor window. He's getting thrown out of the house by his mum. Yeah. And he's off on his own. What, so
0: kind of age, well, what kind of age are we thinking he is now? Sorry,
1: Just about legal drinking age. We're just about right, 18. yeah, teenager. Like that, you know? okay. Yeah, yeah. So now he's out. He's destitute. He's wandering the countryside of Aberdeenshire into the sort of remote countryside, he's a bit survivalist, getting a bit tattered, surviving in woods, taking cash in hand jobs, uh, farm mm. labouring or with builders, just trying to keep himself alive So we've got that period of his life as, as we kind of get through that act, so we can see things going off the rails and as I say, we're getting towards the kind of substance abuse and alcohol and it's, it's not going great for him. He eventually uh, gravitates to central Aberdeen where he's sort of falling into the sort of the, the homeless community essentially in Aberdeen Okay, okay. Not He's not friendly with other sort of homeless people um, in the main so, you mean, got an H, man! You got uh, any
0: fucking H? All... You got any H, man? So this, just is the, remember...
1: this is the problem because you got now you got you're kissing in Aberdeen. So you can you do that?
0: Well, I can't. That accent maybe not so much. But
1: like no. I remember standing outside the blue lamp in Aberdeen,
0: and uh, somebody, whatever the accent, they were basically going, "You got any H, pal? Oh, you got any fucking H?" Right. <laughs> and I'm sort of going. I mean, in my mind, I was going, "Do I do I look?" Like I might be carrying heroin, heroin because a if, I, if I look heroin. either either I'm looking like I'm doing really well, right, mm. or I'm looking like I'm doing really badly.
1: Yeah. He's crush, know, he's a one. Like, he's a washed <laughs> Anyway, right, he's landed in Central Aberdeen, He's begging. He's not getting on well. Generally, I mean, I think this sort of thing. If you, I, I don't know if you've. Uh, how much he picked it up but he's getting he's called Eddie and his surname's Irvin so we've got plenty of plenty of clever names about the ex-Formula 1 driver that he's getting given <laughs> probably not you know um, I'm assuming at this point his kind of uh, nickname amongst the homeless is F1 F1 um, yeah. yeah or Speedy Speedy it's speed going speed speed to be a source of uh, a source <laughs> of consternation for him so he's not you know he's not making many friends yeah <laughs> So we're going to eventually arrive in a scene on Union Street. Um, he's set upon by a number of other vagrants for stealing a prime begging spot near Belmont Street, probably just outside the. Uh, what was the What was the decent pub on Union Street? Oh, on Which Union Street, gigs. Uh, Belmont Street. Sorry. Drummonds. Uh, Drummonds. Drummonds. <laughs>
0: Drummond's fuck yeah. guy. There you so go. he's been he's been begging at so it. like Drummonds. He's probably not been there for twenty years. So yeah, carry on, Drummonds. He's <laughs> <Who> sat <knows? laughs> <laughs> <Certainly> outside Drummonds <laughs> on Belmont Street. Gets into a
1: fight. Yeah, gets into to fight, gets himself an absolute doing by a bunch of other vagrants. I've um, seen but- some
0: nasty fights on Belmont Street. One of the nastiest fights I ever saw was on Belmont Street. Yeah, mm. grim.
1: I forgot, yeah, we're, another one of our sponsors, we're, we're sponsored by Visit Aberdeen, aren't we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Want to see someone get kicked in the heads? Come to Aberdeen. Hey,
1: Aberdeen. <laughs> Welcome to Aberdeen. <laughs> we're beggars, we'll put on a fight for you. <laughs> All right, so he's going to—he's about, about to get himself an absolute drubbing. So we can make this quite sinister, but he's eventually saved by an unknown man in an army surplus jacket, and he's taken back to Union Street Gardens. Nice. Um, so we, I love got, how specific you know, this of, is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a terrace. You know, the Aberdeen Terrace Gardens. They sort of yeah. sit under Union Street. the sort of steep-sided yes. gardens that run under, the, and the train runs under. That's right. Yeah. There's a little recall. kind of homeless community in there. You could see. I used to see them on the train in the morning. Ah. Oh. Um, so we've met this guy. He saved him, and he's dragged him back. So he's eventually sort of pulled into this community of, of homeless that live kind of essentially under Union Street um, within the Terrace Gardens. This old guy here that we've we've met is a, a relatively rational homeless guy, outcast from the army. He's got various interests in philosophy, local history. Nice. He's a bit nice. of an eccentric though, so he's not he's not rational in the sense that you know he's a bit of an eccentric. He's keeps banging on about the sort of benefits of ayahuasca hallucinogens. You know, we understand through kind of conversation he's respected, almost revered, because he's pretty handy, you know, ex army. Has, um, Has he got a he's name? Has he got a
0: name? He's well
1: educated. Our old sage is Clive.
0: Clive! So ah, We've met, nice. we met our
1: Clive for the movie, which is Sean Pertwee.
0: Have you met Big Clive? Oh, you need to go see Clive. Big Clive.
1: Fucking did three guys the a night outside <laughs> Drummond's. Shaved that one He's seen it all.
0: He's fucking seen uh, it all like
1: Big he's done Clive. it, man. Ayahuasca's done it, man. Why are they all from Glasgow? <laughs> Ayahuasca. <guys>? Uh, <laughs> So, so Clive's a bit of a sort of benevolent character. He's overseeing the, he's taken a bit of an interest in F one, and he's, he's trying to look after him. Um, so, in amongst that community, we've got a we've got a pretty wide tapestry of people, and we've got um, some pretty serious druggies, mm. one of whom we're about to encounter. F one's sort of spending his evenings around the oil drum, the little sort of fire yeah. in the oil drum, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we can probably make some some fairly obvious cuts about the uh, the split in. And living in wealth standards in Aberdeen the, and the uh, yeah. prevalence of oil, and and oil. oil, very
0: clever. I like
1: it. A bit on the nose, I thought, so I thought <laughs> I'd try Yeah, it. but will do. It's fine. It's fine. That's as good as I can do it, Dave. <laughs> so we're meeting these various communities, and, and one evening we run into an absolute character, an absolute twitchy, addled um, Spangled. character. Spangled. Yeah. He's absolutely convinced that uh, Eddie's tortured soul is visible to the naked eye. Oh, This sort of plays out in a scene where he's grabbed and pawed over and and, and examined by this shuffling mess that we're calling Twat. Okay. That's all he's known as. Twat.
0: I'm fucking spangled, man. I I, I can can see you. I can see your soul, man. (laughs) It's not right. Yeah, if anyone's pulled you, I can see your fucking soul. It's not right, man. There's tendrils around it. It's not right. Right? That's
1: good. I like it. Yeah. yeah, it's not, and so he is going to have to be from Glasgow because that's my best kind of uh, real adult druggy voice. Okay, so we're back to this scene. He's being pawed over and essentially snuffled about and, and moved about, and then you know, essentially, Twat becomes quite scared of Eddie and starts to shun him and saying that no good will come for you. You know, he's not. Well, he's, Lance, uh, yeah, he see some dark, some darkness around Eddie. He's
0: so passionately putting across this thing that actually it starts to become like, yeah, he's not. Just it's a, bit, yeah. well, it's a bit unnerving. You know, maybe well, this is it. This.
1: So you know, what you got to remember here is we've got Eddie. He's been living out in the wilds. He's now living in Aberdeen. Mm. He's begging. He, you know, they're, they're taking stuff. He's been mentored by a man called Clive. He wants him to take hallucinogens. So he's mm. not, we're not thinking straight here. So this is having quite an impact. This yeah, isn't yeah. just a sort of, I, that's just twat. Don't worry about him. He's clearly tortured. He's clearly thinking that he's done something wrong in his life because, you know, what has he done to have all this fall apart? Right. And then we've got this guy telling him that
0: I can see your soul man I can see your
1: soul pal that's a curse around you yeah <laughs> so we've got um eddie's as i say quite affected by this so he's convinced by clive to try acid um, in an attempt to sort of examine his soul from the outside All right. and what follows is a harrowing scene of hallucinations and scary imagery so i'm thinking the kind of what did the scarecrow guy look like in chris nolan's batman you know that's right of, yeah yeah know, gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah. Horrible I mean, the,
0: ho- best time the, to, the best time to try and solve mental health problems with hallucinogens is when you're in the middle of a fucking nightmarish scenario.
1: In Union Terrace Gardens, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, That's where the truth comes through. So this, tri- this trip concludes with Eddie standing on the wrong side of the bridge railing um, over to Union Terrace Gardens, about to end his own life. At this point, he's lifted from his body and we can see the, the black clinging threads around him and the clinging threads are trailing out west over the horizon. So he's now having a bit of an out-of-body experience and that's thinks he cool. can see what Twat's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> he's eventually rescued by Clive and taken back to, to ground level. And within the relative safety of the garden, the homeless gather around the brazier and once again, Eddie opens up on his past. So he's come down, he's starting to, everything's kind of becoming real yeah. again, a sort of distorted imagery reverting back to a normal life. And he's remembering that the, the best day of his life was at Drum Castle when he was much younger, fondly recalling the day that we have played out in that opening scene. Um, and he breaks down as he notes a subsequent breakdown of his family stability, the death of his father and his estrangement from his mum. So, listening closely to this, probably in the shadows, we've got Clive, um, yeah. and Clive starts to open up about the history of Drum Castle. Ooh, so, yeah. now we're going to gonna cut back to our opening scene, um we've got Clive voicing this over. So, we've got Clive voicing the characters and revealing the full interaction within the church. The figure in the shadows is revealed as Robert the Bruce, and the figure with the thin crown is revealed as John Common. Mm-hmm. Clive tells us of the betrayal on holy ground and the following history of the rise of Robert the Bruce he also notes that it was purportedly a curse uttered by John Common in his dying breath on Robert the Bruce and his allies. And we start to see within this flashback the sort of beginnings of the tendrils of the black cloud of this curse mm-hmm. wrapping around Bruce. It's invisible to those of them in the mortal yeah, plane yeah, yeah, to the naked eye. So we're playing all this scene out with, this o- with a Sean Pertwee kind of voiceover and getting a bit of exposition on the history. The tale reveals that Bruce gifted the lands of John Common to the Irvin clan and William to Irwin for his service in protecting Robert the Bruce from the English. So essentially... Bruce has murdered John Common in a church um, and then given his land away to the Irvins. And this was done for the sort of acts of protection and service that he was given by the Irvins. So Robert hid under a holly bush years ago and was protected through the night by William Irvin. For this and other services, he granted the lands of John Common to the Irvins in perpetuity. And as a nod to that bond, both clans use holly bushes to this day in their livery. Uh, Clown suggests that this could be the cause of some kind of a curse on Eddie because Eddie, noting that Eddie is an Irvine.
0: There you go. cuts through all the F1 banner. I fucking told you. Fucking told you, you, stuff your F1. Fucking F1, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we've got Eddie's pretty unhinged at this point. He's just come down off an acid trip and he's just about tried to kill himself and he he thought he could see a curse physically in reality. So he's not probably thinking very straight. So he's convinced at this point to leave camp. Now, at this point, we can decide what year this is set in. Okay, by one of the... This is Choose Your Own Adventure now, Dave. Okay. (laughs) So we've got... You can either, if we're in the kind of... 90s. He can break into the nearby library to try and corroborate the story, not you okay. know, yeah. Or yeah. he can go and mug someone for their mobile phone to go and Google this. So I'm, I'm going to go with the latter for the moment. So we're going to go modern day. So I think at this point he's going to try and mug someone, probably at something like needlepoint, because oh, that's pretty fuck. minging.
0: Yeah, that's pretty yeah. minging.
1: So we're trying to step up this behavior. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's been living his horrible kind of messed up life because he's blaming himself for all these sort of past evils. But now he's really sort of stepping up his behaviour and he's kind of properly treading in the criminal world. So he finds the evidence he needs on the history of Drumcastle and, and corroborates Clive's story and the use of the holly on the clan crest. This is all the evidence F1 needs um, to convince <laughs> himself to travel south and west towards his former home. But obviously now he's beginning to attract police attention. And that's the end of Act 2.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So Eddie goes back to the Union Terrace Gardens. He gathers Clive and he gathers Twat um, against his will, I think, <laughs> at this point. Right. And travels back home. So now they've got to get from the centre of uh, Aberdeen out to Cults. They're probably going to be travelling on the old railway line. They're going to be on the sort of subsistence living. They're not going to be, you know, using just grabbing a bus. They're going to be no. uh, hacking their way back out there. They're
0: going to be riding the rails.
1: So Eddie returns to his family home at the beginning of December. And he decides at this point he's going to go and try and um, speak to his mum about what he thinks he knows and what he thinks he thinks. He walks down the driveway and can see his mum through the porthole-shaped window in the front door. Twat will not step foot on the property and appears highly agitated by Eddie Ooh. approaching. So th- he's still thinking he can see this so he can see the sort of uh, yeah. black tendrils. Eddie's about to ring the doorbell, but sees her looking angry straight back at him, and he backs away from the door and, and shattered by this sort of reunion going wrong before it even starts. Anger boils up in Eddie and he throws his whiskey at the door, because obviously he's drinking heavily, and sets it alight. Ooh. Leaving quickly and retreating in the fields beyond the house where Clive and Twat watch on. The door blazes and the dried holly, which Julia kept as a reminder of better times, catches light. When it blazes with light, Eddie thinks he can see his mother's face change to a sort of sad look and with no anger, just hollow and lost. So we're not quite sure what he thinks he's seen through the door now. Really? And so I'm thinking they got a bit of a sort of unreliable narrator here, and he's, he, she was never really angry, but um, that's what he saw. So.
0: Yeah, I thought you were going to say she was never really there. Could be another. No, one, no, should.
1: so we've just seen that the, uh, the holly's been burned up that was retained from this wreath from years ago, and that probably has some kind of significance, so... Julia looks up and catches sight of the blaze and she quickly manages to control the flames, the alcohol almost burning out so it's only a half bottle of whiskey or whatever, it's not going to be uh, completely devastating to the the whole house. When she dealt with the apparent arson attack, she calls the police and catches sight of the sort of dishevelled crew as they retreat towards the old railway line and get back on their way. Despite the terrifying ordeal, Julia feels somehow lighter and relieved of her burdens and she goes to visit Mike's grave. At a loss that night, but feeling determined, Edward forces Twat to guide them further. And this is probably going to turn nasty at this point, so he's he's kind of going another step beyond. So he's intimidating Twat, probably physically, and getting a bit nasty. I
0: don't know, I'm not taking way. you any further, man. I fucking out of
1: Fucking take me, Twat. So he's he's, made, he's forcing Twat to guide them a bit like a sort of junkie golem. I'm
0: cold, man. I'm cold. <laughs> I'm man. back to the fucking gardens, man. <laughs> Is Twitch in
1: here! <laughs> <fucking> Twitch in. <laughs> so yeah, we've got Twat as an unreliable guide, a bit like a junkie golem. And with Clive protecting him, it becomes clear that Twat sees the dark tendrils of the curse still ensnaring him, but they lead back further inland towards Strum Castle, not mm. his former home. So yeah. we think at this point been, right. he should have been going home, but now it turns out he shouldn't have been going home. Right. He needs to go on. So we're on this journey now. He's starting to break a number of rules. He's starting to take all these steps into darkness. So we're on our way to Drum Castle. So they resolve to return to the castle. And so as they leave, through the night, we've got high as a kite, Twat, leading them along, (coughs) shambling away. We see the police kind of pulling into his mother's house. So that chase is getting closer and they're kind of, you know, the the Mm. heat's on, essentially. So then we got to the uh, the last bit here. So we've got the climax of the film sees Eddie, Clive and Twat make it to Drum Castle. Inspired by the scene at Eddie's old house, the crew resolve to burn the castle to the ground in an attempt to sort of break the curse. They arrive across country through the Royal Forest oh, of Oaks. That's
0: ambitious. That's, uh, mm. I mean, they're like, hey, I know. Yeah, this
1: has stood for hundreds <laughs> let's, of let's years. Let's take
0: the whole castle down <laughs> yeah. with fire. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, people, you know, people did do that, but I'm just, it's, it's Clive's uh, not. Clive's got training. <laughs> it's not exactly. the short play that you might think.
1: You know, Clive's got training, you know, so we're not, you know. We're oh, yeah, completely, uh, yeah, uh, we're yeah, completely devoid of the ability to do so. Yeah. Um, so they arrive across country and through the Royal Forest of Oaks. We get some guidance here, but as we do so, I think we're going to probably arrive at the sort of grave of John Common. I think this is the point that they're going to try and launch their attack. So you know, John Common's right. obviously been buried in, in uh, Drum Castle. Yeah. But this is a bunch of druggies we've got here, so it's not all going to go well. So in no. preparation for the attack, shit goes wrong and they get the fires get started in the Royal Forest of Oaks. So it's not anywhere near the castle that they want to get to. It's in the grounds. At this point, the forest catches fire quickly and takes some effort to escape, as if the fire itself is kind of holding a grudge. I think at this point, I'm going to kill off Clive Antwatt, Oh, wow. In that blaze. we are going to have Edward only just escaping and essentially sort of bundling himself out the forest after a few kind of horrific scenes of, of fighting this kind of malicious fire. Right. Um, and arriving in the courtyard just to collapse, kind of lungs filled with smoke and, and all that sort of stuff, barely surviving and just making it to the castle. He kind of rolls over and notices that they're actually setting up for Hollyfest for this year. At this point, we've got the police arriving and he's bundled into the police car and, and taken away. But somehow, despite the fact he's lost his only kind of two friends over his over his adult life, He's somehow feeling lighter and more elated, so I think there's something kind of, some kind of uh, redemption um, or something. Obviously, okay. it's ended at Hollyfest where it started. So we've got a final scene where Edward's visited in jail by his mother, and the reunion is not as he hoped for. But in the circumstances, it's you know, it's still some sort of redemption for him. He's ruined by his rough life. He's pulling himself together in a mental institution, which is now his home. He's never getting out, but he's somehow not carrying that kind of weight of his whole life being against him and uh, that he used to be. And that's how we finish.
0: Okay. Oh, well, lovely work, mate. Lovely work. I wonder if we should move into Act 4 before we uh, start. Oh, start. do
1: you want a post-credit sequence? Yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, if you've got more.
1: This is just, just, just one, a one-liner. So, post-credits. Um, Holly shoots are seen growing up again through the Royal Forest of Oaks.
0: Ah, nice. Yeah, so... Is the it's... curse
1: broken or is it not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, John. Uh, feeling pretty haunted now. Feeling pretty haunted having listened to that. Anyway, welcome back, four.
1: Hey, and there we go. There
0: we are. And I, I'm gobsmacked by that. Um, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to tell that we didn't live listen to it, and therefore we're now in a in a situation where we we're struggling to talk about. Stop
1: peeling the onion. Stop peeling the onion.
0: <laughs> struggling to talk about the film that we just pitched. Um, You're getting all meta. <laughs> I remember uh, we've called it Common Ground, but common with a Y.
1: Oh, common, as in John Common. As in John yeah, Common. Yeah, yeah. Let me just break it down a little bit. Okay. Essentially, you've got Drum Castle, which used to belong to John Common, who had a claim to the, the throne, famously killed by Robert the Bruce in a churchyard. And to me, that was the instigation of the curse. That's
0: right, because he was on hallowed ground.
1: The Bruce then... Gives Drum Castle to the Irvins and the Irvin family immemorial, you know, forevermore. Um, Ad nauseum. For fair enough. <laughs>
0: just wanted to get involved Et with cetera? the Latin. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just loving a bit of Latin.
1: So he gives the castle over for, for acts of uh, loyalty and service, particularly protecting Bruce. So the Irvins get given Drum Castle, then they're, they're then cursed by this because John Common has put a curse against the Bruce and people who helped the Bruce. There is a real festival called Hollyfest that used to be held at Drumcastle. But yeah, so quite a lot of that was based on kind of real historic events tied into Hollyfest which is a real thing that I went to and was awesome (laughs) It was like the most Christmassy time I've ever had ever at Christmas. So I thought what better than turning that into a horror pitch Yeah. (laughs) sort of twisting it a bit.
0: Alright, well I hope that was um, interesting and enjoyable and nobody got haunted or heard the incantation.
1: Yeah, or indeed tries to sue us again. Oh, God, yeah, um, don't,
0: don't, don't yeah. sue us. Gosh, golly, golly. Well, Anything for contentious so, said oof. in literally any of these podcasts is alleged. Um, <laughs>
1: um, yes, in fact, we're alleged. We are, we are. Our entire existence is alleged and you really can't prove it.
0: And on that bombshell, <laughs> uh, I think... Oh, Merry you know, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, I don't know when we'll be back, John. Maybe try and get one done for
1: let's say q1 let's say q1 q1 22.
0: well so yeah we so we'll be back soon with the dave pitch uh, i don't know what it's going to be yet but i'll think up something suitably horrible and then we'll we'll roll with it fantastic until then you can email us at let's make a horror movie at @gmail.com tweet us at Pod.
1: tell your friends pass it tell on tell your
0: friends tell your mum tell your gran
1: don't tell your dad cuz he'd be even more so interested tell him, but you don't do tell, him. tell your second
0: yep. cousin removed Oof.
1: yeah yeah any of the The
0: butchers, the bakers, the candlestick makers, the mm-hmm. teddy bear takers, the garden rakers.
1: The players, the haters. Yep. Yeah. The pretenders.
0: The baked potatoes. <laughs> 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 all right. So once you've told oh, all of them, done. then you're allowed Christmas, <laughs> yeah. okay?
1: All right. <laughs> Time for my traditional goodbye
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright have a wicked Christmas Everybody and thanks for listening And join us again next episode We love you Let's make a horror movie everybody John's waving <laughs>